It's Wednesday, December 12th, and tonight, on a very special No Cockatrice for You, I talk to Cody about clerics. This is Cockatrice Nuggets with Rich Frazier, serving you up a heaping helping of RPG nuggets straight to your gaming table. Hey, I've got a Patreon now, so if I don't tell you about it, who will? I'll be doing super secret campaign notes, release updates, and early access to my zine and other stuff that I decide to produce. So check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Jerry247. That's J-E-R-R-Y 247. Don't ask me why. I got together with Cody last night and talked about Morrowind and Clerics. Uh, This is part two, Clerics, and uh, we talked for about 40 minutes on this. You can catch part one over on Cody's podcast, No Save For You. If you're not subscribed already, then go do it. Uh, It's a good podcast and he's got some good things to say. Um, Cody's also very well organized, I found out, when he does his podcast. Uh, so us together is a lot of rambling. It's, uh, it was really fun, though, and uh, I'm glad we did it, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. So without further ado, here we are talking about clerics. All right. Now it's settled. It's Anchor's problem. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Um, <laughs> anyway. Let's, uh, we just move on here. We'll figure it out later. (laughs) Um, yeah, so let's talk about clerics. I think it was always the survivability that drew me to them, right? And you can fight and cast spells. Yes. Um, in second edition, it was, um, it was always a necessity too. And... Everybody was always, who's going to play the cleric? Uh, yeah. So I eventually fell into that role pretty fast. I was like, I don't mind playing the cleric. I can still swing a sword and hit things. Um, and I don't mind healing either. Right. Um, which evolved into, uh, I mean, even still in video games, if it's a multiplayer video game, I, I'm the heal bot. You know, that's what I like to do. I'll stand yeah. in the back and heal and cast a spell every once in a while. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so I started D&D in third edition, and I think for me, I just liked the art for the cleric that they had. They do, he had like the, I think it was like a scale mail, and he had a big mace. And I thought he looked cool, so I was like, I'm going to play that guy. And um, yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, one thing I, I guess I was, that always turned me off is people saying, oh, you're just going to heal me. That's all you're good for. But with third edition, um, one of the cool things that they had was like the hot swap spells. So for a cleric, you could prepare non-healing spells, but then if you needed a healing spell, you could swap it in. Oh, wow. So that give you access to like the rest of the spell list. And the cleric spell list from, you know, the games that I've played, so I started third edition and then we moved to BX and then DCC and Castles and Crusades, all of that. The clerics have a really awesome spell list. Um, but it's always frustrating if you can only prepare, you know, cure, cure wounds or whatever it is. Um, so I liked that mechanic, and that's something I've ripped and put it into, like, every game that I've ever run since. You know, if you're a cleric, you can swap out your healing spells with other spells. That that's way you don't have cool. to, you, you know, you can access the other, the rest of the repertoire, I guess. Yeah, that was always the challenge in the early editions was figuring out what the day will bring. Yeah, right. You kind of have to be like a newscaster, right? You're forecasting. Yep. 
Exactly. Yeah. So there was always at least one uh, cure light wound spell. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so they did away with that in the edition in the in fifth edition, right? I don't know when that started, but I remember being uh, three spells, right? Cure light wounds, cure moderate wounds, cure heavy wounds. In yeah, it was edition. like that in three. Yeah, it was like that in third edition too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I stopped playing in the middle of second edition. Oh, okay. Uh, skipped third and fourth and came back like after all three fifth edition books have been published. Right. What is it in fifth edition? It's like the channel divinity or? Uh, there's a cure light wounds or a cure wounds is what it is. Okay. Um, it's a D8 and then it scales with the level of the spell slot. Oh, okay. So if you use a higher spot, you get more juice. Right. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of like the way fifth edition handled spells. I thought it was pretty easy, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, you you memorize a handful and then you don't lose them out of your mind when you cast them. Right. You can use a slot to cast whatever you want, however many times. Right. Yeah. And that makes uh, I, I like it. It makes sense to me. Yep. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> um. So what is, um, I guess, in, in the various systems, what's your favorite one to play a cleric and which one do you have the most fun with? Um, it's been so long. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're always um, running games, right? You don't play very often? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, 5th edition is fun to play a healer in. Um, okay. I've played most of them. Uh, I didn't get too far in Druid. Um, the, the cleric's really fun. It, it, it's uh, there. There's a bunch of not schools, but like you know, uh, pantheons you can pick from. Domains, yeah. that's the word. Yeah, yeah. So you can customize them pretty good. Um, so they can get up there and tank too, which is yeah. What I, really I had liked. a my brother is running a fifth edition game right now that we play every once in a while, and I'm playing a cleric, and I think I did the what's it called Tempest Tempest Domain. Yep. So it's all lightning based. So if anyone gets close to me, I can zap them. And then, yeah, it was an interesting take because normally I'm more like a healer guy, but this one I was like all out offensive. <laughs> right. And you can have cure wounds memorized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Just back there, just in case. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really did like second edition. Um, I remember, I re remember my first call lightning. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's it's one spell, turn right? to cast. Yeah. We that combat lasted for like twelve rounds. Yeah. I got call lightning off before anybody died. Yeah. Like, Just one more round, guys. I can do this. You can survive. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, and it's pretty like um, thematic, right? Because it's yeah. It's not like a wizard casting lightning bolt. It's you know, you're you're calling out to whatever higher power deity you worship and they're sending down this awesome. At least that's how I always imagined it. Yeah, and, and like it, it was no small feat, right? It was like yeah. an eighth level spell. Yeah, it's a big boy. And and it took ten literal minutes to cast, right? It was yeah. one turn casting time. Yeah. And uh, back then a turn was ten minutes ten and each minutes. round yeah. was a minute. Yeah. So it was yeah, it 
it was very hard to get off. Um, you had to have, you had to be protected, you know, you had to be far back. Right. Yeah. And I think I only ever cast it once. Right, cause but you still remember it, right? That's house. pretty, yes, that's pretty exactly. impressive. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it was an epic battle. That's all I remember against who or what, I don't know. But it was the big, big bad evil guy. You zapped them though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's nothing like that in fifth edition. There's no multi-round spells. Um, yeah, they're all I, instant, I, I think right? that was kind of iconic, yeah, yeah. There's concentration, so it'll go over a period of rounds. Um, right. And you can get knocked out, but there's no, yeah, I'm gonna spend two rounds casting this spell. Yeah, you don't charge it up, right? That's, that's an interesting thing, maybe. Something to think about charging up spells by casting it over rounds. Yeah, maybe you. Um, hmm. I wonder yeah, if you could trade off. Uh, you could trade off maybe charging it up for a spell slot. So maybe you already used all your like fourth level slots, so you got to spend time charging the spell before you could cast it as a fourth level spell or something like that. Well, that's interesting. I was thinking I maybe know. like make it more powerful for exhaustion in exchange for exhaustion. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that seems to be, I, I'm I'm really trying to run five e old school, right? I'm trying to make it feel that yeah. way. Um, it, it's just so hard to like have anything last more than a day. Um, yep. We're using we're using alternate healing rules. Um, I've moved hit dice regeneration out to seven days, and it has to be mm -hmm. it's like a downtime activity. I'm going to take a full rest and take seven days off. Yeah to get my hit dice back. Um, I, I think I've seen, I, I don't think I've seen anybody spend hit dice. Right. They got a stupid uh, druid with one level in life cleric. So they have like five hit point good berries. Just I killed that spell. Yeah. yeah, I, I killed that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's part of their thing now. So I, I can't say no. I've already said yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's hard to take it away. But um, those but think, um those exhaustion rules are pretty brutal. They escalate pretty quickly, you know. Right. So that's like that's my main thing now is exhaustion. Yeah, there you go. And uh, I, I'm thinking of trying to push exhaustion. Right now, it's uh, I've still got it at um, 24 hours. Right. If you go to sleep, you wake up with one less level of exhaustion. Right. I'm trying. To, I'm thinking about maybe pushing that out to more days. Um, or something just to have that lasting effect so they're like can we press on you know right. I, I want i want that to be a question in their head eventually is it possible for us to go on yes yeah that's a good one yeah you know it's all about that resource management i think that's just another aspect of it right right and and it's i think it's really lacking in fifth edition yeah. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Especially when you get good berries and right. Um, because then you don't have to worry about food, and everyone has dark vision, so you don't have to worry about torches, <sighs> right? Uh, actually, uh, my my party has two races that don't, or two two players, two two or three players, depending on who shows up, um, oh, okay. who don't have dark vision. So uh, there's torches going around, um, and the cleric has a light spell. So okay. That's, is light a cantrip in fifth edition, it is, or is it like yeah. a? Oh, it's a cantrip, so, so they can just cast it all the time. For, yeah. 
Um, but I have them running around in dark places and yeah, things that live in dark don't need yeah. that light and yeah. it's harder to stealth. Yeah, that so makes sense. They're yeah. trying to find ways around it, but they usually end up blowing up a light spell or a torch. Right, which makes them into a beacon, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. They're coming this way. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I played in a Barrow Maze campaign or a campaign that featured Barrow Maze. And that was one thing, if we were in the Barrow Moor, so like the swamp, and we had a torch out to see through the fog, it would attract, um, I think the, the way the DM did it, the percentage for random encounters was higher because yeah. it acted like a beacon. Right, because you can see a light for a long distance. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right. How far away are stars? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great example. You know, especially back in a medieval setting when there's no street lights or, you know, light pollution. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally yeah. dark except for that thing flickering on the horizon. Yeah, right. I bet it tastes good. <laughs> yep. Yeah, after we had a Hydra encounter while we had a torch out, we always seriously considered, you know, wandering around in the darkness in the barrels. We're just going to bubble through this. Yeah, exactly. It was always better, what? I think. It, we found it was always better to stumble through than to have a light out, you know. <laughs> the odds of you running into a monster were a lot yeah, less exactly. likely. Less. Yeah. Like literally walking into a monster. Yeah, and we were doing a BX, so it didn't even matter if we fought anything. We didn't get the, you know, hardly any XP. So it's better right. for us. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I'm doing with my campaign also, is making uh, gold the ex experience value. Yeah. So I think that's, it, it, it puts an interesting spin, especially on like 5th edition where, you know, the, the combat, that's how you get a lot of your XP. But if you, if you trade that in, I think it makes your players think about things more, right? Instead of... It's so weird. Like, yeah. every intelligent creature they come across now, they try to parlay yeah and like i haven't settled on a reaction table yet but i'm using something based on you know like bx right and uh, i'm only using one die though so it's a little more random oh okay i think i can't remember if bx uses two die it does it's a 2d6 yeah so mine's a little more random i only use one die but I th i'm thinking about going to two dice to make it a little more stable right um, but i've i, I mean they've been coming out pretty good, you know? Um, being able to talk their way out of situations and around fights, not, yeah. not worry about, you know? And, and it feels good in a game, too, to, to, to bang out those encounters really fast uh, mm -hmm. where 5e combat kind of can drag, you know? Can drag, yeah. Yeah, like a 45-minute combat is like, the, it's the cleanest you can get, I think. It's, yeah. Uh, and challenge the players, right? Right. That's, I'm I'm experimenting with, like, using one hit point monsters, but they still do the same to them. That kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm trying oh, to man, find there was a, a way to speed up combat. So I totally skipped fourth edition, so I had no idea about minions. And I think right. I saw yeah. a Matt Coville video on YouTube, and he talked about it. And I was like, oh, maybe I should revisit or visit fourth edition and see what I could pull from it. Because I think that's a cool idea. Um, especially yeah, if you had a whole, that... whole video on what you should steal from fourth edition or why you yeah. should steal from fourth edition. Yeah, it was, was the one he talked about the dragon. There was like the, there was one I saw where 
I think he talked about a dragon from fourth edition where like it was a fire dragon. So it was like super hot and I don't know, I'm rambling, but I don't remember. Anyway. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. So for me, if I were to play uh, a cleric in a game, my favorite so far has been DCC, the way they handle their clerics. Right, yeah. DCC's got that crazy crazy magic system. What's unique about the DCC cleric? So um, healing isn't a spell. It's like a class power, a feature. Oh. Um, and, it's, and it's based on alignment. So um, if you heal someone who's in, within your alignment, uh, this is rules is written. So within your alignment, um, it's the normal healing amount of hit healing dice you would get. And it's a table. So you roll a, a D20 and it's plus whatever your bonus is. And then the higher you roll, the more dice you can roll when you heal them. And then if they're uh, adjacent aligned, so it's law, chaos, and neutral. So if you're lawful and you heal someone who's neutral, it's slightly lower. Um, and then opposed would be like law versus chaos. And if you heal someone who's opposed to you, um, not only do you get uh, deity disapproval, but it's like a really low amount of healing. Um, yeah. So the best healers would be neutral then? Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking at it from a game mechanics standpoint, yeah, it would. Um, I can't look at anything not from a game mechanics standpoint anymore. Yeah. That makes, yeah. It's a, yeah. <laughs> I so like the way it's World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, the, the way I play DCC is I threw out alignments and I was just doing it. I had a custom like Pantheon. So the gods that liked each other, or that were okay with each other, you could heal, oh, but yeah. they're the two gods, that the were gods that were truly were. aligned, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I handled it in every, so the way we did it was every character during character generation, you could either choose a God or you could roll on the table. And that was the God that your character was associated with. Nice. And so that's how we handled that. Um, another thing DCC does is they don't turn undead. They just turn unholy. So whatever is unholy to your God, be it, um, it could be like undead Badgers. or be, yeah, yeah, exactly. It could be anything um, like outsiders or lizard people or whatever it is. And each God in the, in the core book has like a, a list of what's un considered unholy to them. So when nice. you turn them, you can, you know, or you try turning, you can turn more than just skeletons and whatever. It's pretty cool. Yeah, which I thought was cool because, you know, you're not always fighting skeletons or zombies. <laughs> was Turn Undead Unlimited in earlier editions? Yeah, it was. So in BX, so BX clerics don't get spells at first level, but you can start turning and it's just... Um, success or failure, and that's it. And you can do it as many times as you want. Yeah, fifth edition cuts it way back. It's like second. It's you don't get it till second level, right? But you, you get, get it spells. at second level, and you can only do it once. Yeah, and for like at seventh level, something? you can do it twice. Yeah, I think it's a long rest. Yeah, right. So a full day, right? Eight hours yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. So it's crazy to me, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd prefer to be able to turn more often than cast spells because I don't know turning. Depending on where you are, but yeah, I, I, I always, yeah, I remember turning was a big thing for a cleric. Mm -hmm. And as it, you got higher, an adventure that we went through. 
found undead. Yeah, right. And I like the old school systems when you get high enough level, it's uh, instead of turning, you just destroy them. <laughs> it's it's the way it is in 5th edition too, but it's pretty high level. Yeah, okay. I think it takes like 6th level to do a skeleton. Oh. Mm. To destroy a skeleton. Yeah, that's interesting. I um, oh, I don't know a whole lot about... CR. Yeah, so that's another thing with 5th edition is I don't know... I think that was my problem when I ran fifth edition. Um, I tried to kick off that like West Marches game I talked about on my yeah. podcast. And I think I failed partially because I wasn't comfortable with the, the encounter system. And so the first encounter I threw against these first level adventurers was like giant toads. Cause I figured, Oh, these should be, you know, relatively easy. It's a classic. Like monster. Giant toads. <laughs> yeah. And they swallowed two, two of the party members and killed them. Because if you take damage, you know, you fail death saves twice if you take damage when you're down. And yep. the totes, when they're swallowed or swallowing, they, you know, they do damage automatically. So I was like, oh, I guess you guys are dead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> do over? Yeah, right. And it was the first, they didn't even get to the, they were on the way to the dungeon and I rolled a random encounter and that's what I gave them. I was like, oh. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's um, it's it's weird. It's uh, I don't know why they chose to do it that way. Um, I like hit dice versus levels. Seems more intelligent to me. Um, yep. The hit dice are almost hidden in fifth edition. If you don't know what hit dice are, you won't find them. Um, yeah, because the monster and, stat uh, blocks it just gives you their HP, right? It's not. It and in parentheses it gives you their hit dice. Oh. But it doesn't say hit dice. Right. It just says 5d6 plus 8 or whatever. Right. So, and okay. then their CR is like roughly equivalent to what a, what four, like a, a party of four can handle. So a CR3 so, would take a party of four third level characters. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I think I, I, when I was looking at the toads, I was like, okay, because they're like CR1 or something. And I was like, okay, so one first level character should be able to handle this, no problem. Right. See, that makes more sense to me, too. Yeah. Because you're not always going to be balancing or building versus a fourth level party, right? I mean, it, right. assuming you're balancing encounters, right? Yeah. Um, it, you're not always going to be balancing it uh, against that magic four, right? And it might be four wizards anyway. So it yeah. should, I, I would have done CR just a straight equivalent of level. Like if you're not going to use hit dice and use yeah. um, CR, then that should just equal uh, one character of that level can kill me. Yeah, I can't it's tell you how many Reddit dates. posts I see on, I think it's DM Academy, about yeah. about exactly that. What does the CR mean? What You know? Yeah, it seems it doesn't seem very intuitive to me anyway. The way they came it's up not. with that, yeah. Um, Mike Shea, um, life flourish, right? He's uh -huh. got um, he's got a couple systems that like I I can't stick them in my head. I have them in my DM notebook though. That it's <laughs> like you know, if you read it, you can go, oh, okay, this is what CR means, real quick, and I can make an encounter on the fly. There you go. Um, but he's got. Uh, if you go to his webpage, he's got some free downloads. And one of them is like a DM sheet 
that's got it on there. Oh, cool. We should uh, put that in whatever show notes. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm so bad about show notes. Yeah, I try and be good about them because I, I like to credit, especially the people who like call in to the show. I always put like the link to their podcast if they have one. And all oh, of that. that's so good. Yeah. So good. I don't know if anyone ever reads them, but if the, anyone ever did, they would be there. <laughs> I, I've dug into show notes before when someone said, I'll put it in the show notes. It may have been you. Yeah, maybe. They're messy, though. Yeah. Show notes. <laughs> yeah, it's good. yeah, they're hard to get to, especially if you don't listen on Anchor, right? If you listen on yep. some other platform, God knows where they put it. <laughs> I have no idea. But, yeah. Um, so what else about clerics do you like? Um, I know we talked about, you know, the, the potential to heal. So when, when you play a cleric in the in the fiction, are you trying to convert people to whatever religion you, you belong to or whatever god you worship or however you your character set up? It depends on the god, something? right? Yeah. It, it depends on the god. I mean, yeah, I will definitely be that guy who whispers in the ear sometimes, you know? Right. Or, or maybe I'm just that guy who wants to be good, you know? Mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, my favorite alignment to play is lawful good. So lawful good cleric is, you know, is my shtick. Um, And I I can be lawful good and hang out with a thief, I think, you know? Right. Um, You know, I would, you know, you walk behind him and you pay for the apple he steals, you know? You take him aside and go, hey, man, maybe this isn't the way we should be doing this. I understand why you're doing it this way. But maybe, just as a bug in your ear, let's reconsider this next time. Right. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I, I, uh, I really disliked uh, lawful stupid, right? Goes along yeah. with chaotic stupid, uh, yeah. where the, you know, in first edition, where the paladin and the rogue would always get into it. Right. It's like, can we just skip this part? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the where play. the paladin would have to go in the other room. Yeah. Right. Why don't you go in the other room while this guy opens the door for us? Yeah, that's what yeah. he's gonna do. Right. Yeah, it was dumb, dumb, dumb thing i think most people probably threw that out i don't know i've never encountered I, actually I've, I've seen posts on the internet about it but i've never actually encountered it in a game or a session we were kids so we were pretty uh pretty crazy like i yeah. was eight year old eight, eight, an eight year old when i started playing first edition oh wow we were pretty crazy about that shit dang so you're like pretty ancient then right no, I was yep. <laughs> yeah, you're I'm the only joking. young one. You're the only young one, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even that young, man. I'm, I'm 27. <laughs> it's about to be 30. That's more than more than half my age. So good. Yeah, I'm 45. <laughs> okay. Well, you got a young man's voice. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I I uh, I train it. <laughs> yep. <No. laughs> I don't know what it is. I uh, yeah. I got lucky. Yeah, there you go. It was all the uh, math. <laughs> yeah, it's That's in the it. play good, good aligned kids. characters as well, I think. Um, it's just easier, right? No one wants to deal with the evil douchebag, right? Just well, and, and if you're evil, you don't have to be a douchebag, right? You just yeah, want I guess. To go yeah. your way. Yeah. Uh, see, that's another thing. Like, I mean, um, let's go back to Matt Colville. He'll, he did that. A video recently on an evil party as long as everyone's there and agrees to work together then there's no reason you can't have an evil party hmm. 
it's once things start getting out of control and everybody goes, well, I'm evil, so I need to kill you. you yeah, know? I guess. Yeah. Even, even chaotic evil has some sort of, you know, planning, right? Right. Even, yeah. even the demon lords, you know, sit back and decide what to do. Right. Yeah, I played in a game in high school and uh, these guys were running and I just came in like halfway through the year. And they had a, it got so bad with them that they had a contract in game that their characters had a sign that said they would not attack or steal from fellow party <laughs> members or they go blind, deaf and dumb or what, you know, some consequence. And I, I saw that and it, it almost immediately turned me off because I was like, I don't want to, you know, it doesn't sound fun, right? If I'm yeah. having to, you know, watch my back every step of the way because some guy's going to stab me because he thinks it's funny. <laughs> yeah, see, and that's the problem. If you yeah. if you can step back from that, and right. you know we can have a character rivalry, but be players about it, right? Right, and sit back and say, oh, you know, this would be a good time for me to really fuck your character over. How's that sound? Yeah, right. Um, I, I I like I like playing to the fiction that way. I yeah, that's definitely more interesting. Yeah, that's definitely more and, interesting. Uh, it's more fun to. Um, to plot together, right? Yeah, I, I completely of, agree. Like, try and be secretive about it with everybody but the DM. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Well, I'm trying to think what else we could talk about pertaining to Claire. Uh, yeah, I think we've kind of covered it all, right? Yeah, I think so. At least the, the gist of it. Casting sure. alignments. I mean, we didn't cover gods, but that's different with everybody. Right. kind of covers the alignment, too. Right. So in 5th edition, um, do, you, do you let the players choose? Because I know in the, I think it's in the player's handbook, they have the pantheons from, like, all of the official settings. So there's, like, five pantheons. Do you just let them choose, or uh, do you restrict it to a specific? It depends on the setting, right? Yeah. So my current game, we're playing in um, Cobra Press's Midgard. Oh, okay. So it's restricted to that, right? Right. Um, okay. Which is it's it's a pretty full pantheon. Right. It's got Norse and Egyptian. Um, oh, that's cool. And then, as well as like, you know, Elven and Dwarven. So is it based on Midgard itself, like the the no. mythological Midgard? Yeah, uh, lo loosely, right? Oh, okay, because that's that's North Miss Norse right. mythology, right? Right. Um, so there's uh, the World Tree, right? However you uh -huh. say that, with the Y, uh, right? So, yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that plays heavily into its cosmology. Okay. Um, uh, the hells aren't divided. Demons and devils aren't divided like in um, in D and D. Right. They all come from the eleven hells. I think they call it. Right. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I'm screwing with the cosmology anyway, and because I like the blood war and kind of crazy that uh -huh. way. Um, but it's yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Really enjoy it. It's a really good setting. It's got some unique. Um, choices it's it kind of edges towards eberron oh, okay um with uh they've got um gear forged oh okay it's it's more 
more steam and magic and magic's not as widespread as an Eberron. And uh, there's no, there's no great war, right? Like Eberron. Yep. yep. But it's a, it's a good setting. I like it. And uh, you can kind of take it wherever you want. Right now we're kind of doing like in the Clockwork City or we can go up north and do snowy Norse adventures or we can go down south and do sandy Egyptian adventures. It's, it's got everything there. It's, it's nice. It's like, uh, it feels like Forgotten Realms felt to me when I first started playing Forgotten Realms. Oh, okay. Nice. Where there were all these little, just like sections of adventure. Right. right. Like pockets, right? Exactly, yeah. 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 And you can yeah, play cool. 1 to 20 in any of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't, one, I don't buy a lot of gaming books. I have uh, like a couple and I kind of just stick to those because, you know, that shit's expensive. But yeah, um, yeah. so I've been kind of looking around at some and I always have to, I don't know, think long and hard about which one I'm going to get next. So I'm always looking for recommendations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have you got Midderlands yet? I have, uh, yeah, I backed that Kickstarter when, uh, when it, for the first time around, so I got it. Yeah, I think that Tome of Adventure Design. So I've got, I, you know, what's funny that. is I have Midderlands. I haven't actually cracked it open yet. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone in the Anchorite talks it. about it, and I have not cracked it open. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm yeah. still working my way through it. I just got it like uh, three days ago or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been sitting on my shelf. I just haven't. Oh. The, it's not that I haven't had time. It's just other things are grabbing my attention away from it. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I bought it in PDF, so I have to read it in certain places. Oh yeah. Yep. I do most of my reading off a of Kindle. So. Yeah, I've heard you say that. Yeah, if I had a Kindle, I probably would too. Um, I think I have a Nook. I got a Nook for Christmas a couple of years ago, and that yeah. doesn't handle ebooks as well as a Kindle would, but um No, it's pretty good. Yeah, I had a Nook first. Oh, okay. Um I just went with Kindle because their technology advanced faster. They're better, yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, and I, like an hour before I go to sleep, I read every night. So that's where almost all my reading is done. Nice. Yeah, I have it's hard to to Kindle. So I read to them out loud at night. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to trying to teach them the talk, so I've been reading them like um, appendix in books. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. We're going through some Conan right now. I want them to learn like some of his battle cries or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's much be better than me trying to get my kids to say swear words. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. How old do you um, say your kid is? Say again. How old are your kids? Oh, I don't have kids, man. No kids. Oh, what did you say? Who are you reading to? Parrots. Oh my God, parrots! How? Funny. Yeah, I have two. I have two parakeets. Oh, well, I have a. Actually, kind of have a lot of pets, but I have two parakeets, and then I have a yellow-naped Amazon, which is more like a a real. I say real parakeets are parrots, but the Amazon is like a real parrot. It's bigger and. The one you think of. Louder, right? Yeah. Well, that's cool. 
You got to get them on your podcast. That's so that's they're the reason I have to record in my car because if I sit in my apartment, all you guys would hear is bird chatter. <laughs> Which is cool. It sounds like if I I think if I do a Kalmata episode, um, I think I will record in the apartment because you'll get like the tropical bird sounds, you know. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm hiding in my bedroom right now. My wife's distracting the kids. Yeah, you have how many kids do you have? I have four. Wow. I have a 25-year-old who doesn't live at home, an 18-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a four-year-old. That's quite the spread. It is, yes. That's cool. So your older kids can help you with the younger ones, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, I'm the oldest of four kids, and I am, you know, of course. Help with all the rest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Making them get ready for school and feeding them breakfast and dinner or whatever, you know, trying to help my mom out. <laughs> Such a good boy. <laughs> I was raised in the South, so I have plenty of manners. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, um, I think that's a wrap on clerics. Yeah. Sounds good to me. That's all the nuggets we got this week. If you want to reach out, you can leave a voice message in the Anchor FM app, website, or send a file to my email. You can email me at cockatricenuggets at slackernerds.com or leave a comment on my website, slackernerds.com. This podcast is available wherever fine podcasts are stored. So let me know how I'm doing by leaving me a rating on iTunes or your preferred podcaster. Thanks for listening.